1: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
2: What's going on, y'all? It's your host, Will, coming back for another episode of the Hauntsdam Podcast. Before we get into today, I just want to say that I hope that all of y'all enjoyed and had a happy Memorial Day with family, friends, went to the lake, went to the beach and just enjoyed the many freedoms that were made possible by those that made the ultimate sacrifice and just hope that you embraced those freedoms afforded by those who made it possible. So we just want to thank all of those that have served all the veterans and those who are not here with us anymore and made those freedoms possible possible. So we just want to say thank you. But to get in today's episode, we are going to announce a special partnership. We are now official partners with bha and for those that don't know what bha that's Backcountry hunters and anglers and we've got mr josh mills who is from bha to come on and introduce bha talk about bha for those of y'all that don't know what it is get to know bha and talk about the partnership between hunt stand and bha so nonetheless just want to thank all of y'all for tuning in to the hunt stand podcast there's a lot of other podcasts out there that you could be listening to. And so we just want to say thank you. And if you haven't yet, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, go on over rate review. It really helps us out. We greatly appreciate it. And we just want to say thank you again for tuning into this episode of HuntStand podcast. And we hope you enjoy. You ready, man? Yes, sir. All right, Josh, man, appreciate you coming on to the Hunt Stand podcast. Can't thank you enough. Um, you know, just got back from the rendezvous. It was a, Heck of a time, you were running around like a chicken with your head cut off busy like heck, but man, first and foremost, just welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having us and and me and uh the organization
0: and 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 thanks again for making the trek up to Montana to be part of rendezvous twenty twenty two
2: absolutely man it It was a heck of a time. We enjoyed it. We got in front of a bunch of people, spread the word of hunt stand and so man, one of the things I like to do to start this podcast out with is. I do what's called a 30-foot tree stand view so Let's do it. let me know who you are where you're from what you do for bha and just anything else interesting that you want sure. the listeners to know about you
0: well uh i'm scared to be a 30-foot tree stand only because i'm six foot eight 290 pounds <laughs> i joke because it's like <laughs> although i want to i i i uh, i'm i'm uh very interested to get into archery hunting because i'm uh our seasoned i i actually live in spokane washington uh, work remotely from here. That's where I'm born and raised. Uh, our corporate offices are in Missoula, but yeah, it's two and a half hours away. Yeah. So I have I am the corporate partnership coordinator with BHA and have since uh, March of 2021. I've been a volunteer since 2015, and I'm an obsessed fly fisherman. Uh, I-, I chase steelhead anytime I possibly can. Uh, I'm probably the world's worst big game hunter only because uh, I think too much and I'm usually end up dragging my dad's deer out of the woods <laughs> and um <laughs> I do love to turkey hunt we I've been chasing turkeys a lot this spring, but I've got a little bird dog little uh, little Annie she's our, uh, our three year old fox red lab that we surprisingly enough we have really good upland hunting here in the state of in eastern uh, state of Washington namely eastern Washington mm. uh, mary couple of boys uh you mentioned running around with my my head cut off like a chicken. I think I do that all the time because we're so busy. <laughs> Don't we all?
1: Oh,
0: oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You know, like this weekend. Matter of fact, uh, I left my my uh, camper trailer in Missoula um, because we are headed back tomorrow for oh, sweet. A, a U-12 baseball tournament. So we are we're busy, but I'm one of those people that tends to recharge through uh action, activity. Mm -hmm. Uh sitting at home uh on a weekend, it drives me up a wall. You know, whether it's I just I just can't do it. And so uh my one thing is that that maybe people don't know is I I played college baseball and that was my obsession before uh anything. I've always hunted and fished my entire life. I luckily to grow up in a uh family that uh did a lot of outdoor stuff my dad and i are attached to the hip and still are to this day Heck yeah and, um, yeah matter of fact i was just telling somebody a story while uh, uh when he was born excuse me i was i was born when he was 40 and um uh, he said that he had me late in life so he have a, a packer and uh <laughs> that was my birthright and so i was telling somebody to make a, a long story very short basically I couldn't go with him. My wife was nine months pregnant and it was, you know, opening day, poor planning on my part, of course. Um, been there, done that. <laughs> yes, sir. And so, <laughs> and he was about an hour and a half away from Spokane. Yeah. And I said, "Dad," he, at the time he was 70, he's 81 now. And I said, dad, if you get a deer down, do not be a hero. I will, I, I will find you. And I will, I will drag that deer out for you. So like, I remember getting up and getting coffee, and and my dad, and, and 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 like literally like the phone rings, it's probably five minutes after shooting light or t- you know whatever, maybe 20 minutes or something yeah. like that. But he got the deer down and he found reception where he was at. He was like, I got one, need you. I was like, you know, there's no, nothing like waking a pregnant woman up and saying you're going
2: to go retrieve a deer. So <laughs> yeah, but she was happy about that. That was a, that was a,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: Thankfully she just rolls her eyes and shakes her head and laughs inside, I guess.
2: Yeah, dude. I've I've been there in the same boat. Um, Yeah, it was February and wife says, hey, I'm pregnant. I'm like, okay, hold up. Wait a minute. I'm like, one, two, three, four. Shit. I'm like, wait, (laughs) that's like right before, like that's right after elk season. That's like too close for me to go to the mountains. Like, you know, what if the baby comes early? She goes, yeah, you're not going elk cutting. I'm like, well, we're going to plan properly next time.
0: It's a, it's a quick sacrifice for an eternal gift. So yes, yeah, so yeah, it so.
2: it was very uh you know I wouldn't trade it for the world. Correct. So correct.
0: So yeah, that's who I am. You know, I like getting kind of back to the BHA thing. I went to my first uh, rendezvous in 2015 here in my hometown, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, I really didn't know anything about the organization. Just knew they were hunting and fishing focused, and that's what my my brain is always thinking about. And went there and. Started to meet people and started to see what the organization was all about, and I really felt like I had found my, I had found my people. Yeah, and uh, and then off to the races there. I got a chance to go to DC in late 2015 to advocate for the Land and Water Conservation Fund, and I remember sitting uh, in a in a little cafe in in DC with Land Tony, our CEO, and I just had this overwhelming feeling that. I think I need to work for uh, BHA someday. And it took me a few years, but it, it came true. Yeah. Uh, I left a career of personally left a career of 17 years plus, um, selling advertising, uh, mostly radio and digital. Yeah. And so brought that skill set to BHA. And as a, it's the greatest thing in the world, because now I get to talk with great brands like yourself on great products and, and, um, essentially do what I, I I'm really good at and what I'm passionate at the same time. So, uh, I, I am, I'm, I pinched myself and that I, I've landed the job that I, I think is perfect for me. It's
2: a dream job, man. Kudos, Woo. kudos to you on taking the time to, to get there. I know great things come with time. I mean, and some struggle mm-hmm. sometimes at that, mm-hmm. some struggle. Absolutely. So, man, I want to, I wanted to take this chance to announce the partnership between HuntStand and BHA. And so, I mean, we, over here at Huntsman, we were super excited about that. We couldn't be more thrilled about it. You know, we really kicked it off by coming to Rendezvous, but I wanted to kind of get your take and, you know, what's what's uh, what's BHA's take and thoughts on on this new partnership.
0: Uh, I think it's fantastic because you guys have a scale that is kind of um, un- unrivaled in kind of in, in in your product space, I believe, especially in an area. That frankly, frankly, I think we could do some more work, is in that southeast northeast corridor up mm. and down there, which I know you guys are strengthened. and, and um, you know it's it's a it's a unique pairing, uh, specifically between um, a technology company and people that it's it's this it's this leverage of growth and scale between both what you guys can do and and work and use our membership to do great work. Um, so that'd be whether that's a A cleanup, or a river, a river cleanup, or or a public land cleanup, or advocating for something that maybe is on the chopping block, or you know, and just you know, the scale of what you guys have, and and the activism that we have in our membership to do great things, um, to make sure that we uphold access and opportunity for sportsmen and women out there, from from New York to um, L.A. to you know the whole bit of it, and even into Canada with our with our membership in Canada as well.
2: I love it, man. I love it. So I wanted to take this chance to to also introduce BHA to some of that Eastern crowd through this podcast, sure. um, You know, because there's lots of people that they're on the East Coast and they've never been west of the Mississippi or they may have never left their state or they've never tried Western mm-hmm. hunting and they just don't know about BHA. So I sure. wanted to give you the chance to kind of tell our listeners who is BHA, what are you all doing, and what's the vision? So...
0: We're a relatively young <clears throat> and new uh, conservation organization with respect to most that are out there. Mm. Started in 2005, around camp, 2004 around a campfire in Oregon um, and with the vision of protecting access and opportunity for the sportsmen and women of the United States. Uh, we'd like to say we're the voice for the wild public lands, waters and wildlife of of our of our area. Uh, most in, first and foremost, it's protecting the opportunity. It's it's making sure that we have those 614 million public acres in the United States. I apologize, Canada. I don't know what the number is at crown lands <laughs> at this time, but I'll I'll get that committed to memory. Um, and then it's it's it, it's grown like wildfire. You know, we hit kind of yeah. a rocket ship trajectory. Uh, We have chapters, sanctioned chapters in 48 states, Mm -hmm. just missing Delaware and Hawaii. Uh, We'll we'll get them done pretty quick, I'm sure. Um, We are also, um, we have chapters in um, two Canadian provinces and Northwest Territories. And I think actually the, I I know it doesn't maybe with respect to your guys' product, but I think the Canadian side's about to really explode because we're going to get official charity designation, hopefully, uh, fingers crossed in the near future. Uh, we'd like to say we have a membership of around 35 to 40,000 uh, hardcore individuals who are committed to um, this this ideal of no matter where you're at, if you're in Tennessee, if you're in Montana, and you've got public land, you can park your truck and do whatever the heck you want to do out there, provided within law. Yeah, and and uh, you, I think that's a a really truly uniting an American ideal that um, we have that freedom to be able to do it. And I was thinking about um turkey hunt yesterday and we were up by lake roosevelt and which is which is the columbia river system in in uh eastern washington and there's just these vast tracks where i could just it's it's you know i've done it my whole life right i've done these these things my whole life and um it's just kind of baked in the cake but you know for maybe for somebody who lives in a city somewhere that doesn't doesn't know that you have all this opportunity out there i was thinking about Members that came out from New York um, and joined us at at, at rendezvous, and yeah. they were just describing all the different um, public land access that's within an hour of New York City. Really, and so yeah, so the, you know they're talking about all the different duck hunting opportunities, or fishing for stripers, or mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, my friend Brandon, my new friend Brandon Dale from Hunters of Color, as well as the New York board, was talking about. He sent me pictures of this giant Eastern Tom that he took. Um, I think he was like 35 minutes from the city or 40 minutes from the city. So it's like, it doesn't, you know, we are a Western based organization, uh, in terms of our headquarters, we're based out of Missoula, but we have employees and members in every state. And I would venture to say, uh, in the majority of places that you can go and, you know, that might be a 50 acre chunk that's sitting on a, on a swamp lot um, that you get you into the river somewhere. you know, so much so much of what we end up doing, uh, you know, sportsmen and women out there is using waterways or, mm-hmm. you know, finding access through easements and things like that. So, you know, it doesn't matter if you haven't been to Montana. It doesn't matter if you haven't backpacked through Glacier or, you know, you know, uh, flown into the Bob Marshall for a for a mule deer hunt or yeah. whatever. Um, I was, you know, our our uh, our event director Jason Meekoff, who was the, the the brains behind Rendezvous. You know, he drove from Detroit uh to uh yeah he lives in detroit Dang. uh and he hunts public land there in uh, almost within the city limits of detroit or just outside but he mm-hmm. drove to uh, florida and got his grand slam on on um, turkeys with an osceola bird Heck yeah. uh, on public land you know and, and you know it doesn't matter where it's at it doesn't matter you know what state i think about our our new chapter of the year our arkansas chapter Uh, who recently, and and my boys out there, if you're listening, I apologize if I get some of the details wrong on this, but I think it's, uh, (laughs) there was a section of land that I think Arkansas Pine Bluff was going to try to jettison and sell to make it a private duck club. And uh, uh, the membership set stood up and said no. So here we are in the deep south, you know, in Arkansas and uh, this 6,500 acres, and they helped cancel that contract. And are working to preserve it to make sure it stays in public hands into perpetuity. Awesome!
2: I love seeing that's. I love to hear that. I, I do because um, that'll that'll get me in my next topic in a little bit. But yeah, that's sure. That's what y'all do. Yeah, that's it really kind of comes down to it. It's
0: that, and the fact is that you know we have different. Um, I'd be remiss to say some of the other uh, arms that we work with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have a about eighteen percent of our membership is military. And so which is like three times of what the nat- really? the uh, the uh, national average is. So okay. we started uh, a couple of years ago and it's really grown like wildfire is our AFI program, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, which is the Armed Forces Initiative led by uh, our new leader. there. There is Trevor Hubbs. He's just fact, <laughs> if you've seen anything we've been doing recently, he he drove our the truck that we're giving away from Troy, Missouri out to Missoula, this uh, this. Uh, up on uh, this truck that we're giving away at the end of the month here in May. I want that and truck. That I want it. Did like, did like 2,000 miles on his own. And, and it was, anyways, there's that. Um We also have a robust college club program. I mm. believe we're in 26 or so different college campuses trying to help train those uh, and, and advocate a new conservation um heroes uh, of, of, of the future. Yeah. And then, um, We like to we like to help and promote folks who are interested in hunting and fishing as well, who you know are didn't grow up with the background because you know well if you think about your path or anybody around there we've been all been pretty probably been pretty fortunate maybe haven't of growing up with mentors and growing up with people who are uh, I think about the like fly fishing and how and how like just a bucket of weird knowledge you have to acquire to kind of figure out that stuff and or
2: or archery yeah i mean
0: i don't you know all these things so we have a we're really working hard at at working out uh uh, mentorship as well as what we call you know r3 i think has tried to have a get a bad name lately but for for that but there's so many people who have been uh, interested in the outdoors from maybe the food uh and the plate standpoint and trying to procure their own protein and um and so helping people with skill acquisition is also part of our uh value, if you will. All
2: right, so we're gonna take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. The Hunt Stand Podcast is brought to you by Yamaha and its full line of class-defining, adventure-seeking motorcycles, ATVs, and side-by-side vehicles. Up next, Federal Premium. Go beyond what you ever thought possible with Federal Premium Terminal Ascent. Bonded construction penetrates deep on close targets while the patented slipstream polymer tip initiates expansion at velocities 200 feet per second lower than comparable designs. The bullet's long, sleek profile offers an extremely high ballistic coefficient and its accuchannel groove technology improves accuracy and minimizes drag. And finally, we've got WorkSharp Tools, the knife sharpening company. We just wanted to thank all of our partners of the Hunt Stand podcast, and we're going to get right back to this episode of the Hunt Stand podcast. Yeah, and see, I, I love to hear that because growing up, when I started to get into that middle school, high school time of my life, I mean, I was super, I still am super obsessed with hunting and fishing, but that was sure. when it really flourished. And one of the things I noticed is that there wasn't, really a group or organization present yet to to help facilitate that. I mean, yes, I had my dad who was a big part in that big, big part. Uh, but some people don't. And I feel like a part of kind of the older generation was not willing to, um, well, I'm trying to think how to say this without pissing off too many people. I get uh, it. I yeah. Get it. I feel like there's a part of the older generation that just didn't, they weren't willing to share things, share information. And I think that might've been a turnoff to some people. Sure. sure. You know, and
0: it's also hard, you know, what, what are you vying for with uh, It's time for uh, kids. Yeah. attention. you know, I think about all the sports. My kids go through, I'm going through a weird phase in my life right now where, because I was the kid that always wanted to hunt and fish and, you know, I always was playing sports, but it's like any opportunity, my dad, were are fishing, we're hunting, we're doing all these things. And my kids are kind of ambivalent about it right now, which is just a really tough pill to swallow, but I'm mm-hmm. inviting them every time I can. But it, man, it is, it is a weird thing when I'm like, Hey, let's go pheasant hunting. And they're like, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> it's just frustrating. But I think we have a lot of adults who are curious and don't know where to start. So we're we're trying to provide more opportunity. Like for instance, this summer we have five hunting for sustainability workshops, mm-hmm. which are going to be low cost and, and free, almost free workshops, in in places that typically um, in, in, in cities like Pittsburgh, Atlanta, New York, uh, San Francisco, and Portland. I believe are the th- five cities that we're going into. And so you're going to you know an opportunity for people from sk- some skill acquisition, maybe some mentorship lead up, but also how to How to butcher, how to process, how to, you know, all the how to's that, you know, we take for granted that we just did our whole life.
2: So, one of the things I wanted to ask you about too is Rendezvous and the other events y'all have. Like, I think we were talking about Muster a little bit ago, Mountain Muster or something like that. And then all Mm -hmm. the pint nights. Tell Mm -hmm. me, tell me about what's the purpose behind all these events that you guys do and, and dive into Rendezvous.
0: Sure, sure. Um, but when you look at it, it's, it's what do we love to do as hunting and, and fishing enthusiasts? We like to share our stories and, and uh, fib a little bit and all that stuff like that. And I think we build community through uh, our ability to be together. And so we did take a little dip in, in during, the, during the, the height of the pandemic because what did we, we were unable to do? Unable to have pint nights. Unable to have our rendezvous in person. So it's how you share that stoke and how you share the uh, ability to go out and do work projects or land cleanups and things like that. So we rely heavily on our ability to get together, um, just like any, any conservation organization is going to rely on the banquets. Or it's going to rely on whatever. Well, rendezvous that we just completed in Missoula was you know, months and months and months worth of work. We had over 60 vendors, um, a really robust uh, seminar schedule with experts, people like Clay Hayes from season eight alone, you know, showing people how to uh, how to you know crafted their own bow, or you know po- uh, uh, panels on things like the Wyoming Corner Crossing issue that's going on right now. So yep. you have all that kind of stuff, and um, that, and the fact we do things. We have Brew Fest. We had Campfire Storytellers, which was I thought was I've been to eight of them, and this was the best one I've ever seen with some some really diverse voices and great stories. <clears throat> and so, you know, the, the the North American rendezvous is kind of our culmin, culmination event for the year, if you will, because it's our chance to draw people from across the country. But at the same time, we know that there's some people that, aren't, that can't uproot their lives and drive across the country. country. Um, so we have some of these smaller style rendezvous um, in places like the one that's coming up is Muster in the Mountains, which is a little more like you, you could put a bow on a little bit but more of a mini rendezvous for the east coast to make sure we're reaching out there that's going to be july 22nd through the 24th in uh roseland virginia there'll be dozens of vendors and all the other stuff that you know and just think of it as a a smaller scale version of rendezvous and you know we got another one in um uh, in kansas called rendezvous in the tall grass at flint oak you know that's coming up here in in in, in quick time, and, and then at the same time we have all these pint nights and and uh, throughout the throughout the throughout the country for recruitment, bring new members, get people exposed to meet people, and and um, oftentimes we'll have speakers or seminars at these things, so that it becomes a a, a time for folks to get together share a beer or whatever, It's <laughs> not, it's, it doesn't have to be a beer or anything like that, but just share time. Cause we talk about, you know, what do we give to each other? And one of the biggest things that we can give each other is our time. And, uh, when you, when you, uh, get people of like mind together, we can move mountains, especially within the conservation world. Oh yeah.
2: Heck yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, what you said, it moves mountains, man. It really does. So one of the things I want to talk about, um, there's been controversy around BHA in the past, you know, sure. and I kind of, I'm not, I'm not going to go into specifics on, you know, things that have happened or, you know, bring up certain mm-hmm. things, but mm-hmm. I think sometimes people question, you know, do I want to become a member because of the controversy or, you sure. know, there's just crap, there's noise out there. And so I I, I kind of wanted to talk to you like, you know, what does BH, BHA do to just kind of, you know, throw that off to the side. Don't worry about it. Or, you know, let's talk, let's talk about that. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's one of those things where, I mean, it's, it's, it's apparent there are some people out there that have some, have some notions that maybe aren't really, um, that don't really jive with the truth. Right. And, you know, that's unfortunate and we're not going to be able to be please everyone. And I think the anecdote or, you know, rather than relying on what you read, um, on a social media post, or a blog or a meme account or whatever that it is, is that I would just encourage you to come out and volunteer with us one time, come to a rendezvous, go to a pint night and just meet the people, meet the actual people, meet these hardworking chapter coordinators, like people like Josh Stratton or, you know, or, or uh, you know, uh, Josh Kwood or, or uh, <laughs> we have three Josh's in our organization. I think we also have three Katie's or Kate's. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. But I mean, we have all these we have 40 plus employees out there and, you know, we have this uh, mountain of of volunteer hours that sit out there every month that we're doing good work. Mm -hmm. And whether that's activating for the Recovering America's Wildlife Act there, I think we we produced in like an incredibly short amount of time, like six thousand phone calls to Congress Um, or, you know, thinking about. Uh, what's going on in the East Coast right now, and, and the advocating for striped bass management um, through um, Chris Borgatti, and he's he's that Northeast uh, corridor coordinator. Yeah, you know, it's just incredible work going on out there. And so I ask the folks that that maybe that maybe have a maybe a negative thing, or you know, ask ask an employee, ask a member, come to rendezvous because I mean, I, I'm an outdoors person through and through, and I have imposter syndrome every time I come there because I get around these people that are just absolute. Badass men and women yeah. who do these amazing feats in the outdoors, and and are all you know better rifle shots than me. Uh, have never missed a turkey, uh, and I can raise my hand that I've missed turkeys before. And, and <laughs> same here. Friends. Oh God, it's like how in the what? But it's 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 really it's really like, get off the computer. Yes, get off of uh, get off the social media for a minute and just come to an event, come and, and experience these people and really just have an objective viewpoint and go what are these people actually doing there's no secret agenda there's no there's no (laughs) who 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 like we're sitting behind there and like we're puppet stringing things it's just we're out there doing the work and um you know are we perfect absolutely not Mm -hmm. one of the challenges that we have it as an organization is that we're not specific to one animal one basin one ecosystem one you know like they phenomenal work coming out of places like Pheasants Forever or Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation or yeah you know uh, nature conservancy or whatever the name your thing but we uh, our challenge oftentimes is that we have such a wide breadth of work and things that we comment on is that you know it's you, we can stretch ourselves a little bit but it's all in the effort to preserve those things that we hold dear whether it's Um, elk populations, uh, making sure we're not privatizing elk and stuff like that in places like Montana, which are severely under threat right now Mm -hmm. by a growing movement or things like, you know, I was very, very proud of my Washington chapter leading the charge. We ultimately lost the spring bear season here, which went against, um, uh, biologist recommendations. It was purely a emotional vote by the Washington game commission. Um, but our Washington chapter put on the heat on the commission and produce thousands upon thousands and thousands of comments on it um, and to make sure that our voices are heard. So back to it. Yes, there's contra free. Have we been perfect? No, nobody is. Perfect. Nobody is. But again, I will just tell you, you know, if you have this opinion, um, come to an event, come uh, better than that. Come to come to a cleanup and see what's really going on. Yeah. And, and I think you'll, it'll, it'll kind of open your eyes
2: and see and- and to add on to that, you know, it's regardless of what side of the political spectrum you sit on, I mean, sure. what y'all do is to preserve our public lands because there are people on both sides of the row or on both sides of the aisle yep. that want to take Absolutely. that like, like we're seeing with uh, in Mike Lee from Utah, who is a conservative yep. and yep. he's wanting to take away that land from people and that's that's not right and I don't care what side of the aisle you sit on, that's that's not right. That's not what some of our, uh, um, like Theodore Roosevelt, that's not what they sure. wanted.
0: Yeah. And I, I also look at that, you know, in our membership surveys indicate at th- year after year that we are, we are represented equally on all sides of the political aisle, mm-hmm. a third Republican, a third Democrat, and you know, the rest sitting in that middle ground of independent or whatever you want to call that. And, you know, n- what we really care about it doesn't matter if it just matters if do you want that opportunity to be there uh for, to to go and um test your wits at chasing an elk or you know running a, a swamp bottom to look for a big old whitetail that has been evading you for the last three years Yep. Uh, yeah it doesn't matter if you're in the east or the west um i think about i think about myself like I finally went to Bristol Bay last year. Uh, I went out to the Togiak River to uh, swing flies for King Salmon. But I've been an advocate for it for 15, you know, 12 years or whatever, since I first got involved with the pebble mine fight. Yeah. And I just wanted to know the son of a gun was there. (laughs) I just want the knowledge that it exists as it should be. Yeah. And finally, I got a chance to visit and it was uh, it took my took my breath away. It is the, the the functional ecosystem that is that Bristol Bay up there you know in in, in south in in Alaska and that's just one small spot mm-hmm. but if you're if you're sitting in you know if you're sitting in Texas or if you're sitting in Ohio and you're always dreamed about finding a a big brow t- a big multi-point elk that you know takes anyone's breath away yeah well really there's you know with a little bit of work and a little bit of effort and a little bit of scouting, It's not that far off.
2: This isn't the king's elk. This isn't the king's deer. Right. It's everyone. It's everybody's elk. Yeah. And that's, you know, kind of going back on the, the privatizing of it. I think one of the reasons why we've seen such a huge, huge push in the Western hunting the past few years is, you know, the privatizing of hunting. I mean, people look at Texas and it's like, hold up. You mean to tell me like, I'm going to spend five, six, seven grand on a deer or which I mean, there's people who can afford it and do it. That's, sure. that's, sure. that's for them. That's, that's fine. There's nothing against that. They're hunting. Nope. They're still supporting yep. the sport, but yes, the the cost efficiency of when it comes to going on public land versus going and paying on somebody's private land outweighs it. Cause it's like, Oh, hold up. I can go up to Colorado, pay $700 for my license and tag. Of course, you know, the initial, um, the initial, expense of getting into it you know it's pretty hefty but once you do that you're telling me i can go after an elk on public land thousands and thousands of acres camp underneath the stars and it costs a fraction of what that would on a on a private property like that's yeah that's huge and that's why i love going out west
0: And you know i think about like places like i want to go fish really badly in the everglades system or the indian river lagoon in florida yeah I obsess about like snook and tarpon and redfish and stuff and air ice it at thousands of miles away. So I look at it from the opposite side of, you know, knowing that places, uh, that I like, I'm going to try to go fish out of Fort Myers after I cast this year and, mm-hmm. and just being able to run boats out everywhere I want to, and not me but specifically, so I'll get lost real quick or, or think about
1: <laughs> yeah. the folks out
0: of Venice, uh, um, louisiana and the the red fishing that my friends go down and it's another one high on the bucket list down there but it's amazing going out out as far to the chandelier islands or however you say that to to be able to go do those things it's just it's it's the opposite right of that i i don't have Um, and and the ability to go out and do that is it's just it's a freeing
2: and uniting thing yes and that's where again i come back to regardless of what side of the spectrum you're on you got one common goal and that's to keep that and keep people with bad intentions and wanting to make too much money away from that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, you look at
0: it from the thing it's, it's the most, I think as, as my CEO uh, says is that um, one of the most uniting things across all surveyed parts of the political land is public land and the ability to go do what you want on it. And you know, there's a great amount of people that don't hunt or fish on those lands. That's okay. Um, And, and, you know, thankfully the Dingle Johnson and the, and the Dingle Johnson act and the Pittman Robertson act have, you know, funded a lot of the conservation efforts that have allowed those places to exist Mm -hmm. and, uh, and to function. And so, you know, it's nice that, you know, we have advocates and and nobody, nobody can, um, really go against it. You know, if you don't hunt or fish, but at least, you know, that that opportunity is, is there.
2: Yes. I think that's pretty powerful. Absolutely. Well, man, I love all this. You know, if if somebody wants to join BHA or they want to become an active member, or they want to get involved more, volunteer, where where should we lead people to find that?
0: First place you can go to is backcountryhunters.org. Um, uh, and then come in there, and then there's many different tabs. I encourage people to to read up. And read all the things that we have on our websites, and see that the pillars of our organization, and see what we're all about. And then one of the other things is uh, you'll see a, an events tab on that on that website. Find an event near you. You can sort out via um, you can sort out uh, via zip code and or state and where those places are going to be. And there's a lot coming this year, thankfully, if we fingers crossed and continue to progress out of this darn uh, pandemic and and give us give people the opportunity to get together and i think you know coming to one of those pint nights or like for instance the washington chapter is doing a bow shoot or um you know there may be some total archery challenges that we're involved in there's there's dozens yeah. of different opportunities to be involved and in come and sec the cool thing is is that uh, membership is just 35 dollars a year which is also really cool you get a quarterly magazine that is, seems to be about double the size of outdoor life these days mm-hmm. no disparaging that but that you get a very Awesome magazine with co- amazing content um, that is part of that. Um, so that's kind of the easiest way. But I encourage people to just come out and meet and get plugged in. Uh, I think about a, a good friend of mine, Bill Hubanks, who came to rendezvous finally for the first time, and and his eyes and him and his wife uh, Teresa's eyes just kind of lit up, and 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 they they get it. <laughs> I found out the other day he just applied for you know there, there was an open spot on the Washington board, and uh, he's he's all in. It's all in. You see people kind of transform when you see the stuff happen Um, and and getting involved is the first thing. So be uh, backcountryhunters.org. You can purchase your membership there. Um, And knowing that uh, we we do our best to to be good stewards of anyone's money that we that we take and try to put that back into things like we're doing things in Colorado with uh, uh, big. Uh, migration corridors for mule deer or, or pronghorn. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of little things that we are end up doing. Or, you know, there's work projects going into the Frank, uh, Frank Church and the Bob this year. And, you know,
2: making sure we're really, really doing our best to make impact. Heck yeah, man. I love it. I love it. Well, man, Josh, I really appreciate you hopping on the podcast with me, announcing the partnership between Hunt Stand, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, and just kind of going down a couple rabbit holes. I love it, man. yeah
0: i've been known to chase a a cottontail every now and then hey we'll have to do it again man yes sir anytime i'm uh, and thanks to uh hunt stand for joining uh joining what we do and we we appreciate it greatly
2: all right y'all there you go another in to a hunt stand podcast just want to say thanks to josh for hopping on here Talking BHA, talking this new partnership, going out a couple of rabbit holes, but nonetheless, just want to thank him again. Thank you for tuning into the Hunt Stand podcast, and we'll see you on the next one.